0: Rob Black. Weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Fox
1: News. Radio, Elisa Brady. The government dropped the ball on Bernie Madoff, a report from the SEC's inspector general
2: just released. Finding the agency fumbled five different probes of Madoff.
1: Fox Business Network's Robert Gray. The
2: SEC caught Madoff in lies and misrepresentations, that's in quote by the way, but did not follow up on it, saying the SEC was confused about some aspects
0: of Madoff's operations. But
1: the report also finds no evidence that any senior SEC officials tried to influence any of the probes. Made off serving a one hundred fifty year sentence for his record Ponzi scheme. Health care homework for President Obama as the first family heads to Camp David. Fox Radio's Mike Makowitz, live in Washington.
0: A top White House aide tells Fox News the health care debate is entering a new phase, partly, they say, because Republican negotiators walked away from the table, something those Republicans deny. The Republican is said, or the president, rather, is said to be weighing options that would get him more involved in the process, perhaps a primetime speech from the Oval Office or a joint session of Congress. The move now is trying to uh, rather uh, he is now trying to move something from the three House bills and the one Senate bills that have passed their committees rather than waiting for a bipartisan compromise. Lisa? Thanks,
1: Mike. A huge wildfire north of L.A. didn't start by itself. Fox Radio's Jessica Rosenthal live at the Fire Command Center.
3: Lisa, fire officials say this was human cause. They're not sure if it's arson or an accident, but they are ruling out lightning. The fire is now 140,000 acres. People in Vegas and Salt Lake say they can see the smoke. Governor Schwarzenegger stopped by the command post today to feed the firefighters. Give
4: them a lot of spinach and protein so they they get all pumped up for the next fight out there with, uh, with with those fires. He
3: promised that despite a cash flow crunch in the state, there is and will be money to fight these fires, Lisa. Thanks, Jessica. One
1: familiar face replacing another on the evening news. Hello to you, I'm Diane Sawyer. She'll host ABC's World News as Charlie Gibson retires. Fox News Radio, Fair and Balanced.
5: A&EW traffic in transit. And transit. good morning. Another hour of Rob Black is straight ahead. But first, we have a look at traffic for you brought to you this time by LasVegas.com. Three car crash cleared off to the shoulder westbound 80 at Highway 13 in Berkeley. That's good news. This big rig crash in Oakland cleared off to the shoulder too. Southbound 880 before 16th Avenue. Stop and go still uh, being seen back from 980 in the southbound direction of the Nimitz. Steer left to get by a little quicker. Berkeley three car crash. Already told you about that. Bay Bridge looks like metering lights are still on. Toll plaza traffic's back down to the middle of the parking lot. That's an improvement from earlier in the morning, but still thicker than it usually is at 11 a.m. And uh, checking the transit systems, all BART trains and Caltrans showing up on schedule. Ace train finished their morning on time, too. Looking for a way to extend your weekend in Vegas from summer concert series to events and pool parties? Find your excuse at visitlasvegas.com. Let us know if you see traffic problems. Call 415-538-5600. I'm Sebastian Kuntz. Talk 910 KNEW.
3: In a digital daze over TVs, laptops, cell phones, internet safety, cameras, games? I'm Kim Commando. I'll help keep it all running smoothly with my digital minutes. Weekdays in the noon hour on Talk 910 KNEW.
0: Waking up in California every day, odds are you're going to see the sun. So why not take advantage of it? That's just what residents Al and Kathy Nagy did. They recently installed a sun power solar energy system on their home. The Nagies estimate that with their new sun power system, they will actually pay nothing for electricity. And now, with federal, state, and local incentives, they can save up to 50% off the initial cost, making it more affordable than ever. But it wasn't just the low cost that attracted the Nagies to sun power, it was also about becoming energy independent and doing it with the most experienced solar power company around. The Nagies joined the solar revolution. Find out how you can too, and get sun power. The planet's most powerful solar. On the roof of your home at 1 800 SunPower or seasetoday.com. With federal, state, and local incentives, there's never been a more affordable time to go solar. And it's never been easier than with SunPower's unique solar loan. You'll be saving money the very first day. So join the solar revolution today at 1 800 SunPower or seasetoday.com. Calling all Toyota owners. Toyota
2: Parts and Service wants to keep you rolling with some brand new wheels. It's the Toyota Fall Tire Event. Right now, when you buy three tires, you get the fourth for just a dollar. Offer ends September 30th, so visit a participating,
0: genuine Toyota Service Center today. Some restrictions apply. Whether you're purchasing or refinancing a home, you need a trusted loan officer to help you find the right loan. At BayAreaLoanSource.com, they make it easy for you to get in contact with a dependable loan officer. Referred by Rob Black, they're dedicated to finding you the best loan program at the best rate. Let a reliable referral help find the right loan for you. Visit BayAreaLoanSource.com and have a loan officer get in touch with you today. BayAreaLoanSource.com. Real estate broker. California Department of Real Estate. License number 01400749. Raw Black Show is brought to you by SunPower the planet's most powerful solar.
3: Watching your wallet, I'm Jennifer Kashenka Investors seeking both safety and a hedge against inflation are snapping up a product that hasn't attracted much attention in recent years, market indexed CDs. The Journal's Kelly Green says unlike traditional CDs, which earn preset interest rates for a specific term, index CDs are linked to one or more financial indexes such as the S&P 500. If the market index to which your CD is tied rises in value, you would get at least a portion of that return. And if it
5: falls house you would still at least get your initial investment back.
3: The deposit is also protected by the FDIC, but indexed CDs aren't without potholes. You have to keep them for the full term, typically 4 to 5 years, in order to be guaranteed you will get back your principal plus any earnings. Watching your wallet sponsored by Geico. They've been saving people money on car insurance for over 70 years. See how much you could save online at geico.com or over the phone at 1-800-947-AUTO. I'm Jennifer Kashenka at the. Street Journal.
0: You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's
2: Rob Black show. I'm Rob Black. Hour one is in the books. We're into hour two now. Hour two is a little bit looser than hour one. But we still need your phone calls 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You get your calls in the air. The Dow down six. It's kind of a zigzaggy day. NASDAQ's up a scosh, Up less than one point. That's the definition of a skosh. S&P 500 down a point sitting at 996. Now the 10-year treasury bond sits at 3.3%. Anytime that 10-year treasury is under 4%, I buy stocks. As long as I'm not five years from retirement. Anyway, I just texted uh, Chad Burton. I said, uh... He offered an email. He's got some sort of email free thing that he'll send out monthly or something like that and talk about financial planning issues. You can get a copy of it. Just send him an email and he'll put you in the list. Uh, chat at ChadBurton.com. chat at ChadBurton.com. But I said uh, at our next seminar thing that we do, we should celebrity box at the end of the seminar with him dressed up as Susie Orman. And I think he'll do it. So every 10 years, him and I get into a blowout fight. And that's a good thing. You're not supposed to see eye to eye on all things financial. So stocks are zigzagging a day. Um, big stories. BP, British Petroleum. They make this giant oil find in the Gulf of Mexico. It's good news. We're not going to run out of oil in my lifetime. Oil major BP said that they've made a major oil discovery in the Gulf of Mexico. They think it could contain over one billion barrels of recoverable reserves, reaffirming the Gulf's strategic importance to the industry. BP said in a statement today that it had made the giant find at the Tiber Prospect in Keithley Canyon Block 102. It's one of the deepest wells ever sunk by the industry. It's 35,000 feet beneath the ground. And that's one of the reasons I like the companies that are able to do deep-sea drilling. Because anyone can drill on land. Anyone. You and I can get out. We can go get a nice craftsman drill, and we can easily get six inches in the ground. No problem. Further, it's just a little bit more than that. But to go 35,000 feet under the ground, I don't even have the idea of what the heck they're, go- they're doing. Is it a drill bit that's 35,000 feet? What is it? I don't have the concept of what it even looks like to drill 35,000 feet underwater. And that's impressive to me. So, anyway, where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? Um, we're talking about top stories of the day. September swoon. First three, well, not the first three days, but the last three days, the market's gone lower. Yesterday, it was dramatically lower. It was tied towards some rumors on Wells Fargo. Will they or won't they announce some horrible things down the road? Today, we learned that July factory orders rose less than expected. Fourth straight monthly increase, but they rose less than expected. U.S. August ADP numbers showed that employment's down 298,000. The August data showed that manufacturing jobs were lost to the tune of 74,000. Goods producing firms lost 152,000 jobs. Service-providing firms lost 146,000 jobs. Construction sector lost 73,000 jobs. So it wasn't as bad as the July numbers, but it's still a bad number. There's a group called Challenger Gray, and I think they're actually Challenger Gray and Christmas. Yeah, they're still Challenger Gray and Christmas. Um, I don't get the Christmas. If your last name was Christmas, change, you got to change that name. There's some names that you should change, and that's one of them. Um Can you imagine going through your life your whole time and saying, your last name's Christmas? Oh, that must be fun. So anyway, layoffs planned. We learned today that the job cut layoffs in July. Layoffs planned by major corporations dropped 21% in August from July. As far as the pace of job cuts go. The August total of 76,000 was the second lowest of 2009. as compiled by the Chicago-based outplacement firm in its tally of job cut announcements. Layoff announcements sank to 74,393 in June. That's a 15-month low now. So we're not laying off as fast, but we're certainly damn well not creating jobs. So while we create jobs, we do create jobs. That's wrong of me to say. But we're not creating jobs as fast as we're losing jobs. Channelinger Gray said it's uh, unscientific count of announced job cuts for all of 2009 has now cracked 1 million job cuts in all of 2009. 60% more than at this point a year ago. So, um, The job cuts are pretty aggressive, and they're not going away. Crude oil, we saw inventories only drew down 400,000 barrels, whereas we were expecting over a million two. So crude oil today is a little bit weaker because we're not consuming as much. It's at $67 a barrel. Transocean's one of those big deep-sea drillers that I was talking about that I kind of like. Airline stocks are in decline. Yesterday we learned... That the mainline unit revenue at Continental, it fell 17 to 18% in the month of August. What's that even mean? Revenues are down 17 to 18% year over year. People aren't flying. So the people who are flying, well, no, no, no. People are flying. Revenues are down big. JetBlue and Southwest seem to be the best position because they're still growing their revenue. But I don't like airlines. It's a tough, brutal way to make money. It's, you know, buses in the sky where people demand, as cheap as they can get, a crazy service. We can fly a cross-country $200 round trip right now from New York. You can go to New York for the weekend for 200 250 bucks. That's ludicrous. That's just insanity. It's incredibly cheap. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are lower today. They're both down by 10%. Uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association, also known as the MB. A said they're going to ask Congress to transform Fannie and Freddie Mac into smaller private companies that would issue mortgage securities guaranteed by the government. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and AIG, if you own any of those three companies, AIG's down 50% now in the last four trading sessions. If you own any of those, trading comp- uh, those companies, you're speculative. Be careful. Walmart. The shares are weak this year. I was surprised to see this. I don't own Walmart. I don't want to own Walmart. I don't want to shop at Walmart. Walmart's one of those crazy stores that last Christmas someone actually got trampled to death getting into the store during the Christmas time. I mean, I don't get it. I don't, I don't have any desire to get Walmart. But the stock's down 9% year-to-date, even though the S&P retail index is up 31%. So uh, versus their peers, Walmart looks pretty stupid. Now, Walmart economy is no longer a soundbite for investors. Um, the, the recession's just not equaling sales momentum. There's a lot of deflation going on, the impact of deflation on their operating strategy. There's a gross margin focus where their profit and loss is based less on expense leverage versus their historical rate. And there's a basically a wandering international strategy that Walmart's never been able to show the economies of scale or explicit synergies that you know were always their rationales for expanding internationally. I would go as far as to say that if you were to study Walmart, they dominate the U.S. landscape. But their international strategy is probably like a D-minus. It's almost farcically bad. Is that a word? Farcically? I just go with it. Now, Brown-Forman, company that's after my own heart. Ticker symbol is BFB. You know what Brown-Forman does? Sounds kind of like a boring company, doesn't it? It's not. What Brown-Forman does, and the stock's done nothing. It's gone from 60 to 40, 40 to 47 in the last year. What Brown-Forman does is booze. They said income for the first three months into July 31 up 38%. Sales of the maker of Jack Daniels and other liquors fell 7%. So we're consuming less liquor. Well, no, 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 no. We're not consuming less liquor. We're going with cheaper liquor. So, for the record, I hear you can get pretty pretty messed up by drinking hairspray. Have you ever been so desperate to drink hairspray? heard a funny line this morning. I once smelled cocaine. <laughs> <It> smelled good. <laughs> um... Okay, okay, I'll stop, because I don't want you writing me letters saying that I'm irresponsible for promoting cocaine usage, because I'm not saying that. You can become a lot more productive if you have to paint a house in a weekend, so I hear. But, 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 I digress. So, the fiscal 2010 full-year earnings remain unchanged, $2.60 for the maker of Jack Daniels. So, do you think we're going to dr- be drinking Jack Daniels in 30 years? That's a good question. Whiskey, beer, and wine— they kind of ebb and flow, um, as far as our our tastes. If you go back to 1985, Brown Foreman was a two dollar stock. From 1985 to 1990, it went from two bucks to eight bucks. From 1990 to 1995, it went from eight bucks to twelve bucks. From 95 to 2000, it went from twelve bucks to nineteen. From 2000 to 2005, it went from where was it? Uh, Twenty bucks up to roughly thirty seven bucks. And now it's gone from 37 bucks in the last, from 2005 to where it is today, 2009 at 44 bucks. It's a pretty good investment. It's worked every five-year period for the last 25 years. And it's got a dividend yield of 2.6%. I ask you again, do you think we'll be drinking booze and hard liquor in 5, 10, 15, 20 years? And if you do, they're going to get a certain percentage of every booze sold. Again, sometimes flavored liquors and liqueurs will come in and out of fashion. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll go a little bit cheaper. Sometimes we'll go a little bit more high end. But you should look at brown form and ticker symbol is B-R-B as far as uh, potential investment. It's, it's, it's a sin and we tend to sin and drink booze in good economies and we tend to sin and drink booze in bad economies. Um, sometimes this uh, concept gets challenged and it doesn't quite work out the way we want it to. So keep that in mind. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I got all sorts of junk financial news stories to get to. I would prefer your phone calls, but I got some um, what I would refer to as the Rob Black Files, things that I didn't get to earlier in the week or last week. We'll get to those right after break. 800-345-5639.
0: 910-KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black's show. I'm
2: Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't be shy with your phone calls. With that said, I've got content each and every day. I've got a podcast of this show. that's available at 910-KNEW.com. There's three total podcasts. Uh, There's the first hour, there's the second hour, and sometimes I do what's called a not-so-secret, super-secret podcast, which is only found at 910 w. Uh, the podcast can also be subscribed to if you want to at iTunes. That's maybe a little bit easier for you because the subscription automatically updates. Um, you just search under Rob Black and your money. It's under Rob Black and your money. Uh, you can also sign up for them at my webpage, robblack.com, robblack.com. But tell friends about the show. Um, I want more phone calls. I want a bigger audience. Um, I will never go national. I don't want to go national. I'm too controversial. I say too many things like, you know, annuities stink. Um, I hurt too many people's uh, opinions when it deals with financial matters. And that's one of the reasons I don't want to go national. Um, I once had a national show and I gave it up to come here. I like the audience in the Bay Area so much. Um, At that time, they were all employed. They were making big dollars, and also a pretty smart audience, um, all things considered. But again, I'm comparing them to Houston, so don't, don't think you're that smart. I'm just saying, compared to Houston, the Bay Area is a pretty smart audience. Let's got a phone call. Let's go to Larry in Oakland. Larry?
4: I wanted to ask you about uh, Activision.
2: Stock you own? Stock you're looking to own? Stock you want to own?
4: Uh, possibly want to own.
2: Okay. Interesting. How old are you?
4: Uh, 66.
2: 66, and you want to own a video game stock? Um, that's pretty bold of you. What was the last video game you played, Pong?
4: Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever played a video game.
2: You know, I grew up, uh, um, and I was trying to insult you, and, and, you know, Pong was back in the 1970s. Yeah,
4: I remember Uh, Pong, I just never played it. Uh, You know, I was into computers, employed myself, and the thought of using them for fun just never occurred to me. That's
2: fascinating. Um, do you remember how in the 70s, late 70s, Pong, there was a kind of... A craze about it. People actually wanted to play it.
4: Yes, it was an obsession.
2: It was a, a, and then there was right after that there was this Western one where two guys would be on the opposite side of a a cactus or something like that, and you would try to you know catch a guy, shoot him across the the screen.
4: Uh, I think I missed that one.
2: Okay, well, I'm boring you, am I?
4: Uh, no, I'm I'm sure it was great.
2: <laughs> okay, um, would I buy Activision at these levels? I would strongly consider it. The downside is is that We're not reporting retail numbers the way we used to, Larry. And we used to say a kid goes and buys the hottest new Activision game, and we could watch the the, the track of it because he'd go to Best Buy or he'd go to GameStop and he'd buy a a, a game. But now people are downloading from Microsoft or they're downloading from Steam um, or they're downloading from Electronic Arts directly. And it's not quite – the reporting is a little bit different than what it's been in the past. So it looks like on the front side – that video game sales are down huge on a year-over-year basis, but they're not because that, that reporting's not being reported. We as a nation spend more money on video games, Larry, than we do at the movies. And you probably can't name too many stars of video games. Um, it had a nice write-up in Barron's over the weekend. Did you get a chance to see Barron's?
4: Oh, that was what motivated this call.
2: Okay, do you read Barron's, or did you hear me talk I about it?
4: I try to read it as, as much as I can.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I love Barons. What do you like about Barron's?
4: Uh well their you know, their analysis and their picks seem pretty good. Uh, it seems pretty thoughtful, the the discussions.
2: Okay. Um th- maybe the downside on Activision is unemployment's high and people will be able to afford fewer games. But coming into this season, Larry, they've got a franchise called Call of Duty and they've got a game coming out, I believe, in early November called Modern Warfare. My butcher said, Hey Rob, you gonna you can pick up that modern warfare? And I'm like, yeah, probably. I'll probably get it. And he's going to get it. He's already ordered it. He's excited by it. Um, long story short, there's a, a built-in audience. I grew up on video games. They've got World of Warcraft. They've got Guitar Hero. They've got Tony Hawk. They've got Doom. They've got Call of Duty. They've got X-Men. They've got Spider-Man. They've got Star Wars. They've got Shrek. Um, they make games for the Sony, the Microsoft, and the Nintendo. What they need to start doing, Larry, is making more games for the Apple so even if their market share, even if the consumer retail numbers go down, they may actually go up because the iPhone is a new platform for video games. And um, distribution is pretty cheap through the iStore. You know, you don't actually have to build, you know, software and send it off to Best Buy. You can just upload it to the, the store. Now, given everyone else, what um, Barron said was that there's a pay-as-you-go format that Barron's highlighted, Larry, and thanks for the call. Um, there's a pay-as-you-go format that now video games are being sold uh, you buy it once, but then every month you pay $9.99 to continue to play with your friends on World of Warcraft. In the next five to ten years, video games will be less dependent on any one device or single platform, and there should be an opportunity for audiences to enjoy interactive entertainment across a range of devices. Now, there's the Chinese market as well. I think Activision at these levels makes sense. I would look at it as a trade and not as an investment. So if you bought it at 11 it goes to 15 or 20 Let it go. You don't have to hold it till the day you die. The video game cycle uh, market works in cycles. Um, There will be a big drop in demand as soon as Xbox says, we're coming up with the next Xbox. Or as Sony says, the next PlayStation 4 will be out in 2012. Um, When they announce a new product cycle, people stop tend to buying the hardware. They both, Microsoft and Sony, and, well, not Nintendo yet, but Microsoft and Sony have cut prices recently. So sales should go up on Electronic Arts and Take Two and Activision. Now, <clears throat> I actually did this story on Monday because I read Barron's. Barron's is like my Playboy magazine. It's it's my jugs. It's my swank. Um, It's my high, high fidelity. It's it's my... Barron's is it's love to me. It's the greatest read, Um, but it's kind of nerdy. So, yeah, I would trade Activision at these levels, and I agree with the argument that was made inside of Barron's. Now, I did find one more story today on a company called Take Two. Now, take two is a little bit different. They're very, very small. And what you have to know about take two is that they're kind of dangerous. In large part, they, they tend to hit home runs or strike out. And take two reported results last night that were above their pre announcement. They did narrow guidance for the remainder of the year. They continue. Um, take two is the best small cap play in the video game space. Um, lower hardware prices, easier comps, much stronger software release schedule, and reacceleration of the industry group over the next year. They've got a spring announcement of the next iteration of the Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto is one of those crazy video games, and when you call it, I kind of snickered because I was like, it sounds a little bit older. Video games now, at one point in time, were Pong in the 1970s, but now there's a game called Grand Theft Auto that's incredibly violent. Incredibly violent. You drive a car around a city and... Um, at one point in time, you had to bang hookers to, you know, instead of finding a health pack, you'd bang a hooker and that would increase your health. It's, it's like ludicrous, right? You'd shoot cops. It's ludicrous. My dad would have beat me if he ever seen me playing this video game. Anyway, they've got some um, new games coming out. Um, they got a new Grand Theft Auto Five, which will be announced this spring. They got Major League Baseball 2K9. They've got something called The Bigs. I've never heard of The Bigs, but it's The Bigs 2. It's a video game and they're going to have a major franchise for the iPhone iPod, a milestone on that platform. So I, I did find some interesting notes on them today. Um, they got an upcoming release. Now, Bioshock was supposed to come out. Bioshock 2, I'm sorry. Bioshock 2 was supposed to come out this Christmas. It's been pushed to 010. Mafia 2, Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne 3, all on track for first half 2010 releases, and that should help. That should help enormously. You might remember that it was the hot coffee scandal, that you could unlock actual nudity in the video game, and Hillary Clinton railed against Take-Two. That might jog some of your memory, but they've got what's called intellectual property, and they got some of the best intellectual property. So I like Take-Two as a speculation, bet on black. I like Activision as a trade. Electronic Arts, they've kind of lost their way. They're big, like Microsoft, and they've kind of relied on franchises a little bit too much, and they're they're downsizing at this point in time, cutting studios. Uh, by the way, I like that. But that game, Bioshock, that was a fun game that came out a couple of years ago. I played that; that was entertaining. Um, I don't smoke. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I will play three, four hours of video games a week. So, um, and there was a point in time where I was ashamed of that. Like, I wouldn't tell girlfriends that I liked video games. And I got to the point where, like, it's almost the first thing out of my mouth now, and it's part of my generation, and I'm, I got, I got nothing to hide there. So. It's a generational thing. Anyway, I gave you a super long answer on Activision, and there you go. And thanks for the call. That's the thing that I love about radio. I can go on for fifteen minutes on one call, but on television, you can find me later today on Channel Four Cron. And I can't do it. Someone will call in and say, "What do you think about Activision?" I'll go, "Oh, it's a video game. I think it's straight at these levels." Next call, like you, you have to be clean and crisp, and you can't talk about you know BioShock being a fun you know new idea. Activision, by the way, has always been. Tony Hawk, whereas Electronic Arts has always been the John Madden, and what that means is, if you're 35 to, f- if you're 30 to 40, you, you grew up playing John Madden games. If you're 20 to 30, you grew up playing uh, Tony Hawk games, and the 20 to 30 something is a little bit more amped to play video games, smoke a lot of dope, you know, play games all night long, whereas a 30-year-old, 40-year-old now is, you know, family with babies and things like that, so um, Electronic Arts is a little bit more fuddy-duddy as far as a company goes. Nothing wrong with it, they're a giant company. I remember playing um, Bird versus Magic Electronic Arts on the Commodore 64, uh, you know, rushing home from school so I could play this, this video game. Anyway, now I'm totally digressing. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
0: Glenn Beck coming up at noon on Talk910 K N E W. Now Rob Black.
2: You think Glenn Beck would ever tell you that he played video games? I doubt it. I bet he does, though. That's the thing that I do on the show is I'm honest with you. I'm honest to a fault sometimes. Anyway, we were running a commercial for Bay Area Firearms.com. I wish they would invite me down to like shoot a bazooka. I don't want- to, I've decided I, I don't want to shoot a little pistol. I want a bazooka. I'm going to be on their firing range. I want something big. Will Durst is going to be on Friday's show. Will Durst is going to be on Friday's show. I know you're saying Friday. That's right. Two days from now. And then we got Monday off. Um, I was thinking about, what not it be fun to say, uh, everything that they're saying about the Bay Bridge is actually going to be postponed to next week and doing a fake news story and tell you the Bay Bridge is open all week long, but I decided probably not a good idea. It could get me fired. Speaking of getting fired, in 25 minutes, I have to sit down with my program director, John Scott, and he's going to, you know, Tell me something or the other. And those meetings are miserable for me because they typically revolve around, you know, you got to say, you know, uh, y- y- you got to talk more. You got to talk more about hobbits. Our our hobbit audience is down big. So you got to talk to the hobbit audience or you got to talk to the gummy bear audience. The gummy bears are big over on, on FM and on AM. We need more gummy bears so talk more gummy bears. um they're They're miserable meetings. They're miserable, miserable meetings. Um, the nice thing about my, my financial media career, I've never really had a program director tell me, uh, you know, get in my face a lot. He's probably done the most of it. So, um, as far as micromanagement and the first thing he said when he hired me, he said, I will never micromanage you. And then he tells me more gummy bears, bring on more gummy bear stories. So speaking of which, um, so just to let everyone know, I'm going to be miserable in 27 minutes. Uh, a woman got fired for an all caps email. And I agree with this story. Unfortunately, she got rehired. Uh, But she sent out an email with all caps and with some bold and some some caps fonts and red in it. In this day and age, don't be that person. I've stopped texting people. I've stopped emailing people. And I just pick up the phone and talk to them so they can actually get the tone of what I'm trying to say. Um, I've had way too many emails uh, that show just disharmony. And they actually weren't meant to be show disharmony, but if you're a person in the workplace and you send out emails that are angry, I think you should get fired. Um, my personal opinion, I think you're you're someone that's off your off your wonker, so to speak. Um, there's another story out there today about a woman who lost three million dollars in six years. She hit the lottery at age sixteen. Three million dollars. It took her six years to blow it all on drugs, partying, exotic cars. And breast implants. Now the good news is she still has the breast implants, but the party and the exotic cars and the drugs all gone. $730,000 out of $3 million went to designer clothes. Are you kidding me? Ah, oh, It frustrates me. So she says, honestly, I wish I had never won the money. And knowing what I know now, I should have given it all back then. She's currently got about $32,000. Now actually, when you win the lottery, there's something called a lottery curse. And a lot of lotto of winners end up getting divorced due to stress. A lot of lottery winners end up losing everything with poor investments because they've never had to invest. And then suddenly they, they learn, like, hey, I, you can, you know, a, a friend, a neighbor, uh, a family member says, hey, you know, we got this new um, toilet thing that you can, you know, wipe your butt with and you don't actually have to use your hands. I'll invest million dollars in that so just having money doesn't make you wealthy because and it won't keep you wealthy. you really got to learn how to protect it um also a lot of lottery winners get murdered by family members who are jealous of them 800-345-5639 let's go to paul in san francisco paul
3: yeah rob this paul i've been to some of your seminars and uh, i also like the music you play in the
2: breaks blame that on heidi heidi's the genius of the music i'll give it the me i got some music i can give to her can i do that well, give me a little bit of it now. Oh, no, 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 no. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you talk about AIG owing the government billions and billions of dollars. Government, AIG, billions and billions of dollars. Hold on, i got to type something to Heidi real quick. Um, I would not, I would not invest in AIG. I would not short AIG. Okay, hold on. See, I'm typing something because... I'm actually asking for a request from her. Okay, AIG. There's some things called junk financials right now that I want you to stay away from. And junk financials are companies that have borrowed a lot of money from the United States government just to stay afloat. Now, their stock can still trade up or down. But ultimately, when all is said and done, when 80 to 90 percent of your company is owed to the United States government, your stock is going to be worth nothing. Now, he wanted to call and ask, should he short AIG? I would not short AIG. I would not go long AIG. Um, It's toxic. It can go higher because a lot of people own shares, and when it went to 32 cents, they didn't sell. And then it did a reverse split, which took a lot of shares off the market. So it's very thinly traded. It's very thinly traded. I would not short or go long AIG. I'd watch it like a train wreck from the distance. Let's go to Brian who's on the road. Brian?
4: I had a question about Marvel, and I uh, heard last week that they were
0: might get filed by Disney. I don't know if that ever went through. How does that affect me if I have stock? Do I, do I get a direct buyout, or do I get chance or
4: get Disney stock?
2: Yeah, do you own shares of Marvel?: Yeah. Congratulations. Um, you're a little bit wealthier than you were a couple weeks ago. Ticker symbol on Marvel uh, Marvel Entertainment is MVL. Disney has decided to buy them, and it's a super premium. So the stock went from 40 bucks to 50 bucks boom, just like that. It's at 4745, and yes, your shares will convert to Disney stock. Great, Thanks.: Sure. So and um, that goes back to another issue. Um, that goes. Hold on. Disney's had a tough time coming up with their own product. So what they've done now is not steal product from Pixar, but they bought Pixar. Um, and now they're they're buying Marvel. What's going to be interesting about Marvel is, will Spider-Man suddenly show up at Disneyland? Probably. Now, keep in mind, Disney also bought the Muppets at one point in time, and they've kind of left the Muppets all alone. Um, I don't know. So uh, Will Spider-Man... The people who are really afraid are the comic book nerds because will Disney mess up comic books? It's a good question. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, Okay. So I'm giving you some goofy stories today. Woman lost $3 million in six years winning the lottery. Another one was stimulus checks lure Floridians to their breast. So this was out of the news um, earlier today. Police in Florida have used a promise of an economic stimulus check to get 76 criminals to come to them. It was called Operation Show Me the Money. They've rounded up people wanted on charges running from second-degree murder to drug charges, failure to pay child support. This fictitious plan called the South Florida Stimulus Coalition sent letters to suspects to call an undercover phone line and make appointments to claim their money. Okay, now... I'm not going to be on the side of of criminals here, but if you ever get something in the mail or via email that says you've won money, all you got to do is call this phone number to claim your prize, don't answer it. Don't answer it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. The seven most overrated businesses. This is one of those stories that showed up on Yahoo last week that I grabbed because, let's face it, there's some days where I don't have enough content and what I want to do is just get through the two hours. And this is good content burning material, but it talked about businesses that you really don't want to get into. One of them is restaurants. Nine out of 10 restaurants fail in their first year. Nine out of 10 that last that first year die in the second year. Americans favorite pastimes. Restaurants are amongst the toughest businesses to run. Profit margins are tiny. Far too many people assume that culinary abilities will lead to success in the restaurant business. Sixty percent. Well, here's their statistic: sixty percent of restaurants close in the first three years. Actually, the statistic that I was giving is back in Washington D.C. In competitive, in competitive restaurant markets, it's even tougher than sixty percent. So, it's um, restaurants typically have low profit margins, and they need strong managers who can run an ultra tight ship through seasonal fluctuations and other struggles. Most people don't have that kind of intense managerial ability. Uh, be careful! Don't start a restaurant. Uh, it's one of the worst investments that you could make. It's got a bad return on. Asset, return on equity, it's not a good idea to get into the restaurant business more often than not. And again, the lesson there that you can learn is investing. There's some things like Cheesecake Factory, uh, P.F. Chang's. We as a nation, we limit our restaurant choices to typically our three favorite. Um, You keep going back to the top three favorite. Anyway, some of the other businesses that they want you to get into, online businesses at home, Independent consulting, high-end retail, online retail, direct sales. I'll talk about some of those a little bit later in the show um, or later in the weeks to come. 800-345-5639. Let's go to break. It's 800-345-5639.
0: Talk 910-KNEW, helping you make sense of the complicated world of money and finance. This is Rob Black.
4: Oh, I'm a gummy bear. Yes, I'm a gummy
0: bear.
4: Oh, I'm a yummy, tummy, funny, lucky gummy bear. I'm a jelly bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, I'm a moving, grooving, jamming, singing gummy I got to
2: meet with my program
4: director in 15
2: minutes. Last time we met, he said, more gummy bears. Our gummy bear audience is a big nil, so he's trying to get a little bit more. Well, you get the point. It's a great song. We gotta go out. We gotta go out at twelve for that. Play, and we'll give it. You, will give an extended minute of that. Uh, let's get Anthony in Livermore. Anthony.
4: Hey, how you doing, Rob? I'm okay. Hey, a question about Harbin Electric ticker symbol uh, HRBN. It sounds like they're having a little compliance problem with NASDAQ recently. Uh, Can you give your insight on that, please?
2: Sure. I'll take a look. um, And thanks for the call. Harbin Electric, um, where are they at? They are out of Harbin, China. Motor manufacturer makes a variety of linear motors, which convert electricity into linear motion. They're used in sorting machines, tools, printers, uh, motor-driven gates, other devices that have parts that move in a linear motion. They make rotary motors. Good golly. Let's see. That's all I got on what the company actually does. I They got an earnings of 16 times P.E. Delisting or failure to satisfy a continued listing rule with the NASDAQ. So it looks like they're going to get an audit. They're not auditing their paperwork well enough for NASDAQ standards. Thus, the NASDAQ saying you are going to delist you. The one thing about the NASDAQ and the NYSE, they both have different standards to be listed on them. And there's something called pink sheets. And the pink sheets... Basically you and I could start a company tonight. It could be a mafia run company. We could be call it, you know, medicalmarijuana.com and we could have no business model whatsoever. We can get listed on the pink sheets. Now, to get listed on the Nasdaq, you have to show 12 months of finances. You have to show, you know, a corporate executive board of directors. You have to meet certain standards. So, it looks like they're being delisted. You do not want to play with companies that are being delisted. Be very, very cautious. There's no market, and at that point in time, the stock would drop to pennies. Let's go to Dave and Concord. Dave, how you doing, Rob? Good. Do me good? a favor. Do me a favor and tell all your gummy bear friends to listen.
4: Okay, got it. Hey, gummy buddies, you're on. <laughs> gummy uh, buddies. I've, yeah, I've got uh, seventy thousand in a CD that was uh, purchased at WaMu right before their. Uh, see even i guess chase bought them
2: yeah so you got like a good fi- fat five percent of
4: dynamite it was a dynamite number it was five percent but uh it's, it's come due this month i need to know where to put that money
2: is it supposed to be safe money
4: Uh oh dave is
2: it supposed to be safe money
4: or if now i'm losing
2: you ah better um okay i'll make up an answer if it's a lot of people put money in a CD that's safe money. It's the the wife gave you money and said, don't you dare lose this. If you lose this and buy magic beans with it, don't you come home. So if it needs to be safe money, I would keep it in some sort of online CD, uh, maybe with an ING Direct or an E-Trade type of account or a money market. If you can take a little bit of risk with it, Fidelity's got what's called a Fidelity Ginnie Mae fund that yields about 4.2%. And I feel very, very comfortable in Ginny Mays. If, if you're looking for a similar yield to that 5%, percent i love for income right now, general obligation bonds out of California, you can go out 20, 30 years and get 5.5% if that money is meant to be locked up for the next 20, 30 years. Those are the three basic ideas that I can give you um, at this point in time. Let's go to Kay in Los Altos. Kay?
4: Rob, um, my question, that you just answered one that was also on my mind about the long-term
2: bonds. I have to be a little careful for I'm starting to get up there in a few years myself. Uh, my question, though, is you mentioned that you like um, the emerging market debt, and I um, own at the present time some MSD, the Morgan Stanley Emerging
4: Market, which I've done really well on. But uh, rather than add to that, is there uh, another avenue that you would like better for investing in emerging market, adding some emerging market debt?
2: Um, I, I don't have a problem with MSD, and um, I'd prefer to give you a second opinion versus saying go out and buy this or that, because as I've told you before, Kay, I could get fired in 15 minutes. That whole gummy bear thing where I'm making fun of my, my program director, I can lose my job in five, six minutes, but um, thanks for the call. I'll give an answer on Morgan Stanley Emerging Debt. This is a closed-end exchange traded fund. There's a limited number of shares. It trades like, what does it trade like? It trades like a stock, but it's a fund, and it is a... A basically debt fund. They produce high in. They look to get into high income capital appreciation secondary objective. So their first goal is high income. So if you buy this K, your only goal should be that you want high income. You shouldn't only have high income in your portfolio. You should have some emerging market debt. Balance it out with California. Balance it out with maybe a nice muni. Balance it out with maybe a triple A rated uh, uh, company. Balance it out with you know, maybe a Fidelity um Ginny Mae fund. Now this is yielding about five and a half percent, five point eight percent. But you also could see that it's gone from nine dollars to six dollars, six dollars to nine dollars. So there's been an investment in there. It trades at a fifteen percent discount. So for every eighty five dollars you're buying, for every hundred dollars you're buying, you're actually getting $115 of of debt, which is actually kind of nice. Now when you take a look at the returns of emerging market debt, it is like a roller coaster. So you have to know that going in. In 2002, up 11%. In 2003, up 31% in principle. Plus that dividend. Sweet. 2004, up 11%. 2005, up 24%. 2006, up 7%. 2007, down 45 2008, down 18%. 2009, up 27%. So... <sighs> It's investing in Russian foreign bonds. It's investing in Peruvian government debt, in Brazilian government, Mexican government, Venezuela government, United Mexican states. I don't even know what that is, United Mexican states. Um, So the holding, 6% in the Philippines, 6% in Peru, 8% in Venezuela, 9% in Indonesia, 11% in Turkey, 13% in Mexico. Turkey and and Russia are considered probably the riskiest of these (laughs) I got no problem with a small portion of your income portfolio being in MSD. MSD, Morgan Stanley Emerging Market Debt. Uh, Very rarely do any of the countries that I mentioned collapse on their debt. Very, very rarely. It could happen, but very, very rarely. So before I went to break, I was talking a little bit about businesses you don't want to get into. One of them is restaurants because the failure rate's huge, and the return on investment and return on equity is awful. Another one is direct sales. It's a tempting pitch. You can work at home and earn commissions by selling cosmetics or kitchen knives or cleaning products. Um, A harder look at some of these and show you that the high earners are making big money in large part by recruiting new reps. I don't like multi-level marketing in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I know people who have tried it, and they end up having shampoo for the rest of their life uh, because they're selling shampoo, and they had to buy all the inventory. Now, I don't like online retail as business. It's one of the easiest businesses to start where you sell things through eBay or Amazon. As online commerce ages, these sites fill up with more established retailers. It's harder for new small sellers to compete in a viable way. If you are going to start an eBay business, you better do something unique. For instance, I like a artist out of L.A. named Shag Josh Eagle. And a couple of years ago, you can get on eBay and pick up some of his prints, or you can pick up some of his you know, oil paintings, and while you were there, you could see like, whoa, some people are ripping him off and they're doing copies of his work. And, you know, they call it like the shag cat. He, he's famous for his, his dogs and cats and his, his paintings. And um, I've done very well collecting his art. Very, very well collecting his art. Now, he's a live artist, living artist. And I tend not to recommend that. But some of the artists coming out of L.A. and pop surrealism, fantastic. Um, a guy named Todd Shore, Fantastic. Um, Josh Eagle, fantastic. Anyway, I'm I'm digressing. So I, I I saw some people like in Phoenix who had some painting skills. They would paint to look like Shag. I thought that was an a cute way of making business in retirement, making money in retirement. High end retail. A lot of people dream of opening a day spa, a luxury jewelry store, design clothing boutique. Um, they think that's a great idea. You're able to charge $200, $300 on very high-end issues. It's going to be a long time before we ter- return to that days of conspicuous consumption. Be very careful owning high-end retail. Uh, it's, it's a tough business. Independent consulting, also pretty tough. Um, as my program directors want to say, we need to up our numbers and our target demographic for this month. It's, it's younger people and gummy bears. Woe is me it, Oh, I yes, am
4: oh,
0: Rob Black, weekday mornings from ten to noon. On Talk Nine Ten, KNEW.